Okay. Right. I think. Right. I think we're okay. Right. Okay. So, um, I'm just just going to very very briefly summarise um, the Book of Ruth because there's some, maybe some of you here um, that maybe have not read the Book of Ruth or you don't hadn't hear, heard the previous messages on Ruth. So I'm just going to really try and summarise those really really quickly. So, uh, the, the story of um, of Ruth starts in the days of the judges in the land of Judah. Um, the family called uh, from, from Bethlehem. Um, it's Naomi and Elimelech who are married, and they have two sons, Marlon and Kilion. Um, and there's famine in the land, um, and the family decide that they're going to move away from Bethlehem and Judah. Um, uh, they're going to, and they they move to the to the land of Moab, um, which is a, a, a different country with a different god, a different culture, and. Uh, but the, the the meaning of the word journey in um, in the Hebrew means for them to journey, but with the intention of coming back. So actually, they moved to Moab with the full intention that eventually they would come back again. Um, so after when when they moved to to um, uh, to Moab, um, very sadly, Limelech died. Um, the, 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 their sons um, married Moabite women. women. Um, who we know as, as Ruth and Orpah. Um, after, after 10 years, sadly again, um, tragedy hits the family again, and both um, Mullen and Killian die, which leaves Naomi um, and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Um, um, with, um, um, so after, after a period of time, the famine broke, um, in Judah, um, so Naomi, with her uh, daughters-in-law Ruth and Orpah, prepared to return to Judah, and they set out on the road. And Naomi tells Ruth and Orpah, she thinks this is not going to be a good good idea for them to come to to um, Judah with her. So she says to them to go back to Moab to their families. Um, she she sees that uh, for. for but for them, it would be better for them to go back, back to back to Moab, um, because they have a chance of, of remarrying and having children. Um, but both of the both of the, the women weep um, because they love Naomi so much, and they they don't want to leave her. Um, but Naomi is insistent, and she's insistent that actually she wants the best for them, and she insists that they go back. And then the second time of insisting, um, as we know, um, Orpah decides to go back um, to, to, to Moab. But Ruth, she is still insistent. And eventually, um, Naomi gives in and says, yes, you can come with me. And uh, just the um, verse that I, want, I really want to focus on on chapter one, um, we know this really well. So she says, so Ruth says to um, to Naomi, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And she even commits to, to, to being with, with Naomi until the end of her days, and even says that if, if anything else separates her from Naomi, apart from death, that God should punish her. So she's obviously very, very serious, a real serious moment for, for, for Ruth. 
as she just commits 100% to, to going with Naomi. We'll talk about that a bit, a bit later on because that's in chapter 2. Um, so she, tell, she tells them, so in chapter 2, um, Ruth goes, um, so in cha- chapter 2 we have um, the family back um, in um, Bethlehem and um, Ruth goes to the fields to glean. Uh, those of you who are not farmers amongst us, to glean in the field means to go into the fields behind the harvesters and pick up all the leftovers that the harvesters have dropped. Um, I have a little bit of experience with this. When I was in my 20s, um, I, I was worked in a, in, in a farm in Norfolk, and I, I was a student farmer. I had to go and, go and glean um, uh, sugar beet from the harvest field for like hours on end and actually managed to get about a trailer load from from the field after after the field had been harvested, it's really really hard work, <laughs> pretty thankless task. And 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 actually, she, Ruth obviously worked very hard because I think um, the 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 weight of grain um, that she collected was was somewhere around two stone in weight, which is quite some considerable amount. When you think she was just getting up down on her knees and just pick up tiny bits of grain. That's, that's, that's a considerable amount of, amount of grain. So she's, um, she's uh, um, gleaning in the fields, um, and the man who owns the field is called Boaz. Um, and he notices Ruth. Um, and he asks, asks the farmers who she is, and, and the, the, the workers explain all about her um, and who she is. Um, and uh, Boaz speaks to Ruth and tells her to stay in his field and glean until the end of the harvest um, and makes arrangements for her welfare. Um, and the key verse which I really want to look at, um, Boaz says to Ruth, when he finds about all about her, she say, he says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly uh, rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So Naomi um, tells Ruth all about Boaz, um, and and she says she said to Ruth, he's he's a a, a kinsman redeemer. Uh, um, just look, looking at the the kind of the meaning of a kinsman redeemer, it means that in in the um, um, in the Israelite law. Um, there was a, a a provision for members of the family who were were um, in need and in trouble or in danger for this person to to come and become um, their kinsman to buy the land and actually to to bring them back into the family and and um, make sure that they're well cared for and that also meant actually for some of the times actually for the the guardian redeemer to marry um, the person for, for which they became the kinsman redeemer, which also we know that's what happened, that he became the kinsman redeemer um, for the family. Um, and he marries Ruth, and they have a, they have a son called Obed. Um, and the, the end of the book finishes with um, the gene- genealogy which connects Ruth and Naomi into the family line, which leads to Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, which is, wow, that's incredible. Okay, so um, 
I'm just going to read chapter 2. Um, have we got it up on the, on the, have we got it come on the screen? Okay. So, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the field to pick up the leftover grain behind anyone who will find whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out again to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of the harvesters, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather some of the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and she went out into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Baz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told you, the men, not to touch you. And whenever you you are thirsty, go and drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this she bowed down on her face and to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found so much favour in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? Paz replies, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and spoken kindly to your servant, though I have, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roast grain. She ate all that she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to, her, to his men. Even if she, she gathers amongst the, thieves, the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks from her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up, and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the fields until evening. Then she threshed the barley um, she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, which is about two stone. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had, what was left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about what the one <coughs> at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today was called Boaz, she said to her daughter-in-law. 
He has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. When Ruth Mobitai said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until um, they have finished harvesting all the grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz, Boaz and gleaned until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Have to keep that. So, what I wanted to talk about today really is about what we can learn from Ruth and her story. And God goes over it all plan in her life and see what we can, we can learn from this. So Ruth was able to make a decision um, about, about going with, with Naomi, um, which was not necessarily the obvious decision to make. Um, maybe she'd actually been, obviously she'd been through major tragedy already, and actually she may well have been very anxious um, and could have easily taken the, the easy option, which definitely would have been going back, going to go back to Moab. When you think about it, going on to um, Judah meant that she would she would be a foreign citizen. Um, she would be um, poor. Probably not the chance of her marrying again. She probably would have remained childless, um, and she would be looking after Naomi probably for the rest of Naomi's life. And actually, to go on with, with Naomi was, was not the easier. So actually, if she'd gone back to Moab, all of that would have been the opposite. So actually, she would have had the opportunity to probably to marry again, to have children, and to be accepted as a citizen in her own culture. So I beg the question, why? Why was it that she made that decision? I think the answer comes to a certain degree um, in um, chapter 2, verse... I'll just look this up. Yes, chapter 2, verse 12. That actually what um, Boaz sees in her, she sees, he sees the motive for her coming to to Judah. He says, May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly be richly rewarded by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. This this is kind of, um, I'm guessing at this really, but I, I guess maybe one of the reasons why um, Ruth had decided to go with Naomi was because she'd seen something special about about what 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 Naomi and her family the way that they were living they were under the 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 direction of the God of Israel and actually she's seen that despite all the tragedy 
that had come to the family, she actually, that Naomi had actually trusted God. Yeah? this to our lives I'd just like to read a scripture from um, Ephesians so what was what was the what is the purpose of God in our lives and uh, Ephesians chap- chapter 2 um, and verse we're starting from verse um, verse 3 like the rest, we were um, by nature objects of wrath. But God, because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. And God raised us up with, with Christ and seated us up in him, with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age we might, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. So what 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 is God God intending through um, His dealings with with Ruth and in our lives um, is that He will be able to show the incomparable riches of God's grace through us and through our lives. And actually, if we look later on in the book of Ruth, that actually through um, God's dealings with Ruth and Naomi. Um, causes the women in the village to do that, to do that very thing, and to praise God. So I'll come back over here. To so chapter 4 and verse 14. So the women said to the Naomi, Praise, the, praise be, to, be to the Lord, who this day has not left you, you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will be he will renew your life like and sustain you in your old age. So what God has done is he had actually redeemed this family and it ends up with actually pe- pe- the people around them actually not, not praising necessarily Naomi or, or Ruth, but actually focusing on what God has done and he, they see the hand of God in their lives and praise him. And God brings this, this story of tragedy to in, into blessing. But the, the incredible thing is actually in here, at the end of this, this chap, chapter, is we actually see that this, the end of this story, where God is, 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 is glorified, is actually the beginning of a new story through the genealogy of Jesus. To see that actually, I mean, it's almost like it was, it was a prophetic word that the women said, um, that they became famous. Well, yeah, famous enough to actually be in the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus Christ, who would be the savior of the world. It's wonderful, isn't it? Just wanted to say a few other things about 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 Ruth and and how she trusted God. And um, I don't know. Some some of some of us um, can can be anxious, and we we have a a, a a a kind of a tendency to be anxious. I do. You can see I'm anxious today, can't you? <laughs> I am quite anxious, but actually, God is greater than my anxiety. <laughs> um, and um you know um god's god's wings that 
Naomi, that, that Ruth put herself under, were completely secure. And she could find complete security into make, that making that really, really big decision. Um, she didn't make, go back, go back to Moab, but actually, because she, she took the decision, which was probably the, the, the less, the, the more risky one, that actually blessed, God blessed her. Um, and um, I just, I just want to share this morning that, that um, God's, God's for, for, for us who um, are anxious, that actually it's so important for us to get in, in under the presence of God and actually just think about, regularly about, his, his wings of love and his wings of protection over us. Um, there's different parts in places in, in the scriptures that talks about this protection. And in some places, like, like, like the protection of a, a mother hen that takes her chicks under, under the wings. And I was just thinking this morning about that, that actually, um, what, it's, it's actually dark under, under the, under the wings of the, 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 the chicken. Yeah. And, and actually, it's almost like sometimes we, we think of, of darkness being, as being something really bad. But actually, that, that, that darkness actually means that it protects the chicks from under, knowing what the danger is outside. So actually, they're not anxious. It's sort of warm there, but actually, it's, it's also dark because it actually shuts out. It shuts out all the, all the things which actually would make them feel anxious. So that's my message this morning. We, we, we really need to take time to, to, to go to, to spend time under the wings of God, and just 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 some there's there's a kind of new techniques in terms of of kind of looking after our mind these days, and it's it's called mindfulness. Um, and um, I, th- I think that's that's kind of a secular thing, but actually I, I just think for for us as Christians that's great because actually when we do this mindfulness thing, we actually it's out actually about realizing what the moment is and what is happening now. And thinking about thinking, feeling in the moment, and actually, we need to do that so much more as Christians. We actually need to be in the moment. We just need to stand and be still before God, and actually stand in the moment, and actually, and actually tell ourselves in our mind our our, our fulfilment and our and our protection and our inheritance in God. I'm just going to, I'm going to finish with um, a few words. I, I really enjoyed um, reading um, John Piper. He's got a book on, on uh, Ruth. Um, but if, if you want, if want to come dip, dip a bit deeper into Ruth, um, it's a fantastic book. I'm just going to read um, a few verses from the end of one of the chapters about God's wings of protection. It was the Lord who stopped the famine. It was the Lord who bound Ruth to Naomi in love. It was the Lord who preserved Boaz for Ruth. It was no coincidence that Ruth happened to come into Boaz's field. It was no coincidence that Boaz <coughs> happened to show favour to his poor, this poor foreigner. The Lord direct, directed her steps and his favour. The Lord is kind. He is good to all ta- who take refuge under his wings. With Ruth, let us fall on our faces. 
bow before the Lord, confess our unworthiness, take refuge under the wings of God and be astonished by his grace. You might have noticed um, while you've been up here that there's a tapestry over here. Well, it's, it is a tapestry. You probably don't know what it is. But I, I just thought this is a really wonderful illustration of, and this is something that Colin brought on the first, the first week when we, we deals with us. It's, it's almost like there's, there's a picture being drawn or, or made. And actually, there are lots and lots of things going on behind the scenes. And God is kind of interweaving things in, in the background of our lives. And I think this is a lovely picture. So this is a lovely tapestry that my, my mum made. She's here today, over here. Um, and at the back of the tapestry, all you see is just, you can, you can see a little bit of what, what, what the actual picture is saying, but actually it's, it's all the different web, um, threads interwoven. But actually when you turn it around, you see the full picture. And um, what I want to say is that actually, wherever we are in our lives now, sometimes some stories are finished, some some are kind of halfway there. And I think, you know, the guy who come and shared here, this is kind of a story that's kind of halfway there. We're still looking for, for the fulfillment of God's blessing in that situation. And sometimes we actually, we're in a situation where we can't really make sense of what God is doing at this time. And he's saying, what God are you doing at this situation now? I don't understand it. But actually, it's not that difficult to work out when we actually realize that actually, this is actually a picture which is ongoing. And actually, God hasn't finished the story yet. Yeah? Um, I just, I just want to share one, one kind of um, testimony, really, about, about one thing that happened in our lives well over a period of time. And I just... Um, it's about, it's about uh, Jill had, had cancer, and uh, um, we went through 18 years of, of, of Jill being feeling very unwell, and um, uh, came, came, came a point where um, we, we went to a, um, a weekend away with our church, and um, uh, there was a guy called Dave Devonish who was, was leading, leading the group the, 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 the weekend, and he spoke a word into our lives. She all knows what I'm going to say. He said, whatever, it's very simple, straightforward. He said, whatever God's telling you to do, get on and do it. And if you know what Dave, Dave Devonish is like, that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> it's kind of like, he'd say that kind of word. Whatever God's saying to you, get on and do it. Okay? So one of the things at that time that God was saying to us was that we should, we should adopt children yeah and um at that time jill was still very poorly and actually we were we were kind of i'm mean, not think should we do this because actually this is you know with jill being so poorly should we just enter into this but actually god spoke that word and from that point on we we just we really pushed into that didn't we yeah um and our our children are here today they they celebrated their so I'm really proud. That time was kind of like, uh, well, how many years ago? 18, 19 years ago, okay? But the point I want to make is actually uh, during that period of time, we had to make that step of faith. 
It wasn't an easy one, but actually it was the right one. And then sometime after we adopted Paul and Beth, um, the leader of our church called us to um, a, a church called the church to a time of prayer and fasting. Um, and uh, I was so pleased that, that he listened to God and just called that, that day because that was a, such, a, such a significant point in Jill's healing. Very shortly after that, she had surgery in Basingstoke, and um, she's been well since then. Um, and we just praise God for that. And this, this, is, this is not us, this is God. Yeah, right? So what I want to say to you is actually sometimes God will say to you something about the direction that you need to go in. And actually, in the, in, in, the, in the face of it, in the circumstances that you're in, you think that is ridiculous. Actually, it's really, that's crazy because actually it's, it can't happen. But actually listen to that and actually follow that sometimes because actually that's what God's saying in spite of your circumstances. Yeah? Also want to say to those of you who get words for people or are called to pray for people for healing, do it. I was so, so blessed by Dave Devonish who gave us that word at that time. Because also, you know, if, if God calls you to say, I want to pray, even if somebody is very, very ill with cancer, and even when the surgeons are saying, well, the, the medical staff are saying, this is the end. Listen to God and pray and do what God says. Yeah? Because actually, because of the, because... Dave Devonish said that word, and because I believe specifically because the church came to a time of prayer and fasting that day, that Jill received her healing. 